welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very excited for this upcoming interview uh, for you to listen to it. It was totally full of joy. Today we have Zarna Garg with us. You might know her as a comedian, a TikToker, a mother, a screenwriter. She does it all. Her story is incredible. She... Uh, was from India. She moved to the States as a teen. She was a stay-at-home mom raising three kids in New York City uh, with a law degree under her belt for years. And then she found comedy. And she has been forging and creating her own creative path in that world, succeeding and being hilarious the entire way. She's blown up on TikTok. Her kids have supported her. She just has an incredible story. And she has some of the best advice and perspective on the entertainment industry on social media, on chasing your dreams. I'm still processing all of the wise words that she shared. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Not Too Deep with Zarna Garg. Okay, Zarna, I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, Thank you for being here, first of all. And second of all, I want to know everything about you. <laughs> can we can we kind of start uh, back in the beginning? Can you give me a little? I know you've probably told this story so many times, but can you give me a little bit of your history? Uh, first of all, namaste and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I have told the story many times, but never enough times to talk about myself. <laughs> Perfect. I think I'm a perfect fit in the world of entertainment. I love talking about myself. Oh, great. Then this is going to be an easy episode for me. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the plan. Uh, So I'm an Indian immigrant mom. I have three Mm -hmm. kids uh, and I'm married. I have a husband and a a really, really uh, feisty (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law. I'm sure we'll hear more. Yes. And uh, you might even hear from her. She pops Mm -hmm. up everywhere. She's like a Marvel supervillain. She pops up everywhere. <laughs> like she could pop up in this window. It wouldn't shock me. Nothing shocks me anymore. <laughs> I can't wait. So I'm a stand-up comedian in New York City mm-hmm. and a screenwriter. So okay. This- so how did we get there? Uh, because I know that this has been quite a journey for you. And it's it's so fascinating to me because you truly have created your own path. And I think that is so inspiring. And so I'm curious... How did we get into comedy? How do we get into entertainment? Because I know you have a, a much more traditional background and education. Right. I mean, it's it's a series of accidents, to be honest. Like not a <laughs> single Indian woman that I, I've ever thought of dreamt of being a stand-up comedian. Wow. Like had my parents been alive right now, they would be crying. No doubt about <laughs> it. They would be like, we didn't get the accountant. We didn't get the dentist. We didn't get the doctor. We got the funny one. How did this happen? What did we do wrong? <laughs> they would be cursing at themselves right now. I mean, oh my God. you know, but this is life. Like I've been here in America for over almost 30 years now. Okay. Uh, I went to college. I went to law school. I'm licensed to practice in New York City. So very yeah. traditional in that way. Mm-hmm. But for 16 years, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had three kids in the city, in New York City, wow. with no help, no family around. I, I couldn't do it all. Yeah. You know, I, was, I couldn't figure out how to be that person who could go to work and rush home and put the dinner on the... Like, 
you know, you see it yeah. all in movies. I, I just couldn't figure out how it's done in real life. Like That's very relieving to hear because I do think that it is highly glamorized in a way that makes it look effortless when it's truly not. No, no, no. It, first of all, it is far from effortless. It's fueled by the the drug industry. <laughs> that 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 imagery is what is keeping you know the major anti-depression yes medications in business because every mom and every woman out there is thinking well she figured it out and the mm. truth is that none of us have figured it out mm. you know because yeah. I I watched the same movies that everybody else did and I was like how is it that and you know and even when the actresses are racing to get to pick the kid up and put the food they look amazing yeah yeah they put mascara on at some point <laughs> no they like somehow the hair is flowing perfect and i can't get there even when i have a glam team yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it, you know i knew that something was off and i really did try in the early years but it's really hard i mean the bottom yeah. line is you can't have it all at the same time that's my experience yeah but once my little one was uh, about to go to school full time i was dying to make my way back into the workforce and you know mm. do something professional back again sure. but even then when you have young kids even if they're in school the corporate life in america is very unforgiving in my mm. experience mm mm-hmm. things very well may have changed today although you know how how fast do things change i don't know yeah. but it was very complicated and i started thinking what can i do where can i position myself in a way that something that no one's doing right now in america where the competition is a little bit lighter and and mm. i have an interest and there's a need and you know i grew up watching movies like everybody else and i i was like why isn't there been a really fun indian rom-com Mm. You know, somehow Indian movies in in the press and in Hollywood here are very heavy and dark mm. and they tackle you know all the difficulties of being Indian or or being Asian and there's such a fun side to us mm-hmm. that never makes it on screen so I really I I started tinkering in that space and really wrote a story straight out of my heart without much expectations at all wow but that went on to win the Austin Film Festival top comedy feature award in 2019. So you okay, so you see this need, you see this kind of unfulfilled area of entertainment and you just decide to write a story. Did you have any experience with this so before? So I took a class in, okay. like not at a big university or anything because god knows I was done paying for the degrees <laughs> in America. That's a whole another scam waiting yeah. to be unraveled. Yep. I spent so much money getting my law degree and all that I was like I am not going back to school I could not afford it I would barely yeah. you know but there was one place I was teaching you how to write screenplays like mm-hmm. like a 3 month thing okay and then literally google youtube like I just went nuts I if I want to figure something out if you want to figure something out Yeah. You can figure it out today. I I feel like that is the theme of your entire career choices is yeah, that you're I just mean, figuring it out as you go. Um, But what else do you do? You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you if you wait for somebody to tell you and teach you, you you're going to die waiting. I mean, me I would have just died. Who's going to take an Indian mom seriously? Yeah. So I just, you know, I started poking and took a class a few classes in the city okay. and then I I'm completely self-taught. Wow. But you know storytelling is storytelling. Mhm. How you can write it and of course in screenplay there are technical elements and all. But the heart of it all is what's the story and are you able to connect 
with mm. the person who's reading it or hearing it. And so was this rearranged that yeah. you wrote? Okay. That's right. So you wrote Rearranged and it won the best comedy screenplay in the 2019 Austin Film Festival. That's right. It's incredible. So what the, how I mean, that feeling must have been wild. And okay, validating. So I, I literally knew nobody at the festival. So I got the award. I took it to my hotel room and I ordered a lunch for myself because I literally <laughs> didn't have anybody to talk to. That's I mean, you and I are kindred spirits. I would have done the exact same right? thing. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to do. Who am I going to talk to? I don't know anybody. But here's a message for women, for women of color, for all of us and for everybody who's not connected to things. Mm -hmm. I won the top prize at what I've been told is the most prestigious festival for writers, for film mm. writers. Do you know how many agents and managers wanted to talk to me after that? Mm. Zero. Wow. Zero. Wow. And I sat there with the thing and I was like, if I don't keep kicking down doors, this will never get made. Yeah. Like it, it is, you would think, you know, people are much more comfortable with the known Mm -hmm. And I was such an unknown, like people were very kind to me. Don't get me wrong. Everybody was sweet. Hello. How are you? You know, congratulations when I was in the room, but beyond that, they didn't know what to do with me. Wow. And I didn't know anybody in the business. So I'm sitting here thinking, I won the thing. Why hasn't anybody called me yet? Right. right. Yeah. And it, and I've learned it's not that easy. And, uh, but I don't give up that easily. Ask my husband. I'm still <laughs> nagging him about stuff from 20, like 20, 2003. <laughs> so I was thinking, how do I get my voice out there? How mm -hmm. do I show the world what kind of things I want to talk about? Yeah. And, you know, my children are very American. They're born and raised in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And my daughter off the cuff just said, why don't you just do stand up comedy, mom? You're so funny. Really? And I was like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. Who's going to want to listen to me? And she's like, mom, my friends love listening to you. Because I'm constantly yelling at all the kids about yeah. their grades and whatever. <laughs> so she said to me, do stand-up comedy. And that kind of triggered the first set of like, I wonder if, you know, there is yeah. a space there. And I, you know, I kind of had to also, when you've yelled at your kids as much as I have, when they tell you to do something, you better do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bit of a humbling experience it, that they have some guidance for you. Of course. I was like, what am I going to say to her? I'm too scared after telling her <laughs> for 15 years that she shouldn't be scared. Yeah. You know, everything that I would have said to her, I had to say to myself. Wow. And I found an open mic and I took that first step. Okay, so talk to me then about, because just to go from... You, you get this success writing something and then you enter into this another unknown world of comedy. When you go to your first open mic, what is that experience like for you? So I honestly didn't even it didn't even occur to me that stand up comedy was a job. Like oh, I yeah, thought yeah. people did it for fun, <laughs> you know, and I grew up watching Seinfeld and Ray Romano and these mm -hmm. people. But I, I never thought that would be me. Yeah. You know, you you don't they're standing there talking about like, I don't know, New York City and all its quirky <laughs> stuff. And that seems so cool. And like here I am, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been changing diapers for 15 years. Like, what am I gonna say that you know what I mean? Yeah. But I got up there and I remember thinking, wow, white people do this? <laughs> like this is a job because it was an open <laughs> mic and a lot of people before me had gone up and trashed the president and 
oh, you know yeah. their jobs and their employer like the thought of it is shocking to a person from india yeah like it's so heavily even though india is technically a democracy everything is so heavily like censored you're scared wow. yeah you say yeah. something that's going to trigger somebody in the audience you're going to end up in jail like wow there's no two ways about it so it when i sat there i was just dumbfounded that there was this whole world yeah of people who were not afraid at all and were actually being celebrated mm so i got up on stage not knowing even what a joke was <laughs> and the lady who was running it uh, the open mic said just talk about whatever you think is funny yeah and i was like okay so i got up and i started ranting about my mother in law <laughs> Something the very first happened. thing that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, something must have happened that day. She must have sent some mean text or something. And I just like started ranting and people were in splits. They were laughing so oh, hard. That's great. So I got off the stage and the woman said to me, "You're very funny, but you don't have jokes." <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess could seem harsh, but pro- I mean, well-intentioned. No, no, it was she was completely right. So I went home and I did what I always do. I googled what is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful. I was like, "Oh, so you need a setup." Oh, okay, I get it. And then yeah. I started like, you know, it, like what like literally as if I'm a nursery school kid learning ABC. <laughs> I I went from like level 1 to like, you know, I started teaching myself and then going more to open mics and leaning on other comedians. They've been so welcoming to me. Really? The comedy yeah. community. I was going to ask, I know the New York City especially comedy scene is it can be very intense. I was yeah. curious about your experience there because it really does feel like you have to really put your, your feet on the ground and like grind and go to all of these open mics and yeah. try and get as much stage time and experience as you can. Was that difficult or did you find it exciting? So um I'm not afraid of the grind at all. I mean, yeah. you know, listen, we're all w- women first of all, we expect it to be hard. Mhm. You know, I don't expect anything to happen easily. It's just the default setting is that I'm going to have to fight for it and work three times harder. Mhm. I mean, right? Like you yeah. you do this no, you know. No, 100%. I feel like um um yeah, it's it is such a default setting that I forget that sometimes I seem like a pessimist. when i'm really just a realist about yeah. what's going on <laughs> yeah i mean listen when the rejections pile up as they do for all of us mm-hmm. it, it you know it you you have to be a little more realistic it's mm-hmm. just what it is even if you're the biggest optimist yeah so i completely expected it to be difficult and you know at, at the stage i was at my kids were in school mm-hmm. i was ready to work Mm, mm-hmm. I was ready to put in the time. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. I wasn't looking for an easy way at all because I knew that I want to build something that lasts. Mhm. I wanted to learn every little nuance of how things were done and where they were done and and I'm in it now and I love it. Like I I do 5 6 7 shows a night sometimes. Wow. So you're really in it right now. I'm all in. Well you're also are you preparing you've like a full hour that you're preparing right Yes that's right Okay so talk me through how do you how do you get this material how do you create your full hour So um the the jokes started coming easily once I understood what a joke format was <laughs> right I once I knew okay what are they talking about I I got it because I had the material right Yeah it's just the formula 
yeah, my whole life I've been saying things, but okay, there is a rhythm to how you do it. Yeah. It's a similar in some ways to screenwriting. Once I understood, okay, got it. This is act one. Mm-hmm. And then you start, it's a little more organized, but it's still storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's still interesting storytelling. So the jokes came, but then what I started doing is I started watching every other stand-up special that's out there. Yeah. Like how have other people done it? Like what is the crux of what makes that special special? Mm-hmm. And it started like it started making sense to me. And I do a lot of analysis, like all comedians do. Yeah. We record most of our sets. I go home, I go, why did they laugh here? Who are they enjoying more? Wow. And started building like a flow mm. around that. You know, so for I think in my case. People like to enjoy the happy family stories. You know, the me yelling yeah. at my kids. I mean, it's it's <laughs> those right? happy family stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get a ninety-eight, whatever. Stop being cele- stop celebrating. Where are yeah. you missing to? Yeah. yeah. So they they enjoy the mother-in-law stuff. They enjoy the inter-America life comparisons, like how mm-hmm. it would have been. That was a big motivation of mine to get on stage too. By the way, it's like I w- watched. The last few years, people in America really hard on themselves mm-hmm. about oh this country, everybody's laughing at us, and we're so bad, and we're. I just needed. I felt like somebody needed to remind them that people like me give up everything to come here because it's great. Yeah, even yeah. with all its problems, it's yeah. great here. Just perspective, yeah. It's so I. I felt like I was in a position to offer some relief. To the general American audience, that was so hard on themselves. Mm. Like, how can you otherwise, as an American, say that to yourself? You can't. Yeah. You need that outsider to remind you. Yeah. And yeah. I was happy to be that outsider. I mean, living here gave me an amazing life. I felt like I could give something back mm-hmm. at a moment that people needed it. Wow. I mean, there's that's very beautiful that you have almost a humanitarian mission to make everyone feel a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but I really do. Like if you come to any of my shows, yeah, the way every show is designed, my audience here has to leave elated. Oh, that's, that's the beautiful. Rule. Because it's what I believe. It's what I, it's what I've experienced of my life here. Mm-hmm. And I want to share it. Yeah. The truth of my journey. Like, for example, Winning a, an award like Austin Film Festival would not happen back home even for me. Yeah. There's no such competition. Wow. The only yeah. movies that get made are movies written by friends of existing movie makers or mm-hmm. kids. Or So I have no problem acknowledging that this system has been so wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's part of the whole set planning too. Like, you know, I... I and I'm... You know, this doesn't mean I don't poke funds at things that poke fun at, you know, we do weird things here. Yeah. <laughs> and there are weird things that I, that happened back where I came from in India too. Yeah. But it's all, the base of it is a lot of love. Yeah. I mean, you have a, it feels like you bring the maternal energy with you and yeah. sort of nurture an audience in a way, allowing oh them to feel God. okay. Oh my God, I want to yell at everybody. When the, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the ki- clubs love to push the drinks, the two drink yeah. minimum. Yeah. I'm like, I one day will get banned from all the clubs because I'm the first one to be like, drink water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, two drinks can be any two drinks. Order <laughs> yeah. seltzer water, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're giving them uh, the golden ticket to not paying 40 extra dollars. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm such a mom that I can't help but be like, it's okay, you can get the second one, get me water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see that's great. It's showing true signs of care for the people that are coming out to see you. So how are you feeling about this hour now? I'm feeling great. Yeah. I'm feeling amazing. Yes. It's like, you know, it's a lot. Uh, there are days when I get completely overwhelmed where I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Like, you know, <laughs> I can't believe what is all happening. But surreal. But, you know, most days I treat a show or a preparation as if I'm hosting a party with my friends. Mm. And then that relaxes the whole thing. That I've done my whole life. (laughs) My whole life, people have come to my home or I've gone to their homes and I've made them laugh or whatever. I can do this. I have to say to myself. And also as a woman, once again, we tend to second guess ourselves a lot more than men do. Mm -hmm. And because I'm aware of it, I want to become a voice against it. Mm. Of course, I get scared and I get nervous, but like so many of us do and we lose out on big opportunities. Yeah. And and it's time to like take ownership of that flaw and like reverse it a little bit. I mean, I'm getting inspired just sitting and talking to her, like taking notes. I'm like, do not second guess self. <laughs> Donna, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have to ask you all about now the flourishing TikTok side of things. Yes, uh, absolutely. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep. With Grace Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, Zarna, we're back in. Now, I gotta, I, I, I read some interviews with you, and so I kind of know about your... Um, TikTok side of things, but how do you explain how this got going? Again, another happy accident and, and having kids who work for you. Yeah. Oh, so they officially work for you, your kids? Well, unofficially. I mean, unofficially. <laughs> but I'm, I hesitate to say officially because then they're going to start being like, where's the paycheck? Right, right, right. I'm like, do you, you have know? an official payroll for all of yeah. them? <laughs> not yet, not yet, but they do eat well. So there's there that. There you go. There you go. Um, no, they, they do help me a lot, to be honest. And, you know, again, the, I just got the comedy thing going in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was just going. I got my first show. And then boom, the world shut down. Ugh. I was like, this is, I really thought that the Hindu gods were against me. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> like this is crazy. We don't need her out there. Every time you get a win, they put you back in your place. Right. And you know, my mother-in-law has, has prayed her whole life. I was like, this is her. This has to be her. I was never the praying type. So I was yeah. like, this all makes 
sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. I was sitting in my, you know, in my house thinking it's over. Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to recover from an unending what at the time we were like, we're not sure when. Yeah. And the clubs closed, like they closed down. And that's, yeah, was, that's your life force. That's, that's like, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and my son, my 15 year old son uh, said to me, you know, mom, he's a TikTok addict. Yeah. I mean, he watches. He's just watching. He doesn't really post much yeah. yet. And he's like, you know, I'm starting to see comedians. Mm. And, you know, at the time when TikTok was brand new ish to me, at least a year yeah. or two years ago, it felt like it was just young girls dancing. Yes. Same to me. I have um, still not figured it out. So I'm kind of gleaning all of your personal tips and tricks on it because yeah. it does feel very overwhelming to me. It felt like what am I going to do there? Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Like if you're not 16 or 15, even you're too old for that. Yeah. They're going to bounce you out of the club. (laughs) Right. But he showed me. So he was like, you know, he was trying to explain to me that I should get on. And I kept ignoring him because I was like, Oh God, no, go away. You know, I try not to listen to my kids. That's the rule. (laughs) The number one rule of parenting is don't listen to your kids. Like whatever they want, do the opposite. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> so I was like showing him away and he just took a few of my jokes mm-hmm. that I had on tape and edited them and put them on an account for me. Wow. And, you know, within three days, I think we had a million views. Wow. And then I started thinking, is TikTok one of those weird places? You know, some countries, they have the currencies that start at a million dollars. Yes. <laughs> you don't really know what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm is like, this... maybe TikTok is one of these weird places where like if you if you just wave your hand, you get a million views. Yeah, yeah that's the that's the base level. Yeah. Because you don't know, right? right? You don't know what you don't know. But then once I started engaging with it a little bit, I realized that wow, it is actually honestly TikTok is a magical place for creators. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, first of all, it's incredible because it sounds like your children truly believe in you, which is very beautiful. Well, <laughs> or they're very scared of me. <laughs> yeah. Or they just want you to get a hobby and leave them yeah. alone. <laughs> I think that's more like it. <laughs> and second of all, I'm, so now it's been like uh, over a year or so on this platform. Yeah. What? How's the experience been for you? Like, do you prefer TikTok over live performance or is it two different things for you? It's two different things. And mm. I I think in the world that we're in today, unfortunately mm. or fortunately, both need to coexist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can be a live performer without having a social media following. Very true. And if you, uh, although I do think there are digital performers who never do anything live and make a killing. Yeah. I've heard about them. <laughs> But I, I've never considered that path because I actually like traditional stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I just don't think you could do anything today without having a social media following. And TikTok is is amazing to creators. It's head and shoulders above all other creators because of their magical for you page. Mm-hmm. It really does put you in front of so many different types of audiences yeah. until you find your own. Yeah, that's very you know, true. I haven't thought about it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't think I mean, I think Instagram, for example, has an explorer page. It's just right. not even in the league of what TikTok does. Yeah, I mean, TikTok is very kind of uh, singular where you can see one video at a time versus yeah. Instagram is like, here's this 
magic eye of a bunch of little videos that you can yeah. look at and click on and see. And then no video gets attention, you know, because there right. are 20 things on the screen. Yeah. No one gets that kind of attention. So now I'm curious with your children helping you kind of initiate your TikTok, uh, uh, you know, iconery. Do you work with them on creative ideas on TikTok? Do they come and pitch you ideas? <laughs> All the time. And <laughs> honestly, sometimes we'll have a funny moment and yeah. they'll, or a moment that actually is not funny at all. But they'll be like, you know what, mom? I bet you if you put this on TikTok, it, people will be interested. That's because great. A lot of what I do is everyday mom life. Like yeah. I don't particularly find it that interesting. It's just how we live. Yeah, but it never occurred to me that that putting that out there gives other people a chance to resonate with it. Mm. For example, my best performing TikTok right now is a video of us traveling mm -hmm. and my luggage being overstuffed. It was way over fifty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> now, have I traveled like this most of my life? Yes. <laughs> yeah, most of my life. The last minute, I need to take five pounds yeah. out. It's overweight, or am I going to pay the fee, or what? What are we going to do? Yeah, you know. But now, when a moment like that happens, and my kid will be like, "Let's just capture mom taking stuff out of their bag." <laughs> I feel like you're on constant surveillance now with your family of everything you do. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I I don't have a problem with it. I'm just living my life and yeah. sharing. And if other people are finding so many commonalities. Mm -hmm. And connecting with me, I'm like, fine, go do it. And literally, that's how a lot of our TikToks have generated. They're real, genuine moments. Yeah, I'm curious about the messages that you receive or the comments that you get or, um, you know, the people that are following you or the people that order cameos from you. Like, yeah. uh, what's that? Is the majority of it like moms that feel very connected to you? Or is it, it a started mix? Out, it started out as moms and the mom community. Mm -hmm. And then it became the teenagers who saw their mom in me. Yeah, yeah. And then once my I love, I've never said I love you videos started getting, getting traction. It just became people from all over the world who said, we don't say it either. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, when we put, when I put that, that was one of my first jokes up there. I've never said I love you to my husband. And that's yeah. true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought it was just me. I really mm. thought that it's an Indian thing at mm -hmm. best. But the minute that joke got on TikTok, I can't tell you people from different cultures, cross sections all over. We don't say it either. We don't. Is it just a Hollywood thing? Is it an entertainment thing? Is it a wow. white people thing? Yeah, Is yeah. it an affluent? No, I mean, now there are debates. If you go through my TikToks, <laughs> there are lively debates over this, over the importance of using the word loud. Wow. So it kind of grew from the mom community and kind of just fanned out into all kinds of different things. Oh, wow. That's I mean, it's very it's got to be for you, at least feeling less alone in the things that you once thought were only you. And also getting to start this uh, kind of healthy debate between everyone, I think, is is the best kind of situation. I mean, I'll tell you that I got a lot of comfort from knowing that People who've been discouraged, especially, I get a lot of singles too, by the way. I have no idea why. I'm not a matchmaker. But a ton of single people, when I do lives, singles yeah. pop up. Hey, auntie, do you matchmake? Why am I not able to find a girl or a guy or whatever? Wow. I'll tell you that the one thing that I, I have 
I feel blessed about is that a lot of single uh, women in particular will say to me, thank you for telling the truth about married life. Wow. It's not this big romantic, you know, because yeah. the imagery and the stories that exist in pop culture are so over the top. Mm-hmm. Did he buy you a rose and the ring and all this, like and that stuff is just not part of our culture at all. Mm-hmm. We're just happy to pay our bills together. <laughs> We're so happy if we can pay our bills at the end of the month and if everybody's alive and healthy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that a is, win. That is, I mean, that is romance right there. Listen, I think so. I, I think I get a lot of guys that like laugh about how I brought the nerdy guy back because like my <laughs> husband's just, he's just a regular, really good guy. But yeah, he's yeah. not sitting there obsessing about like what, where he should take me for dinner. Yeah. And the, like, what is all that? I know. You know, so I, I, I feel happy that I'm able to reassure some young couples or some single people that you don't need to have all that. Yeah. To have a good family life. It is very reassuring. And you are telling the truth and not and, and you're not going out of your way to tell the truth. You're just going like here. No, this I'm is sure me. that everybody has in their life, their moms or dads or uncles or aunts who are living very simple, basic lives. And I think that that life should be celebrated. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Zorna, I'm going to move on to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast with me. The first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Wow, cold spaghetti at. Mm -hmm. I have to to be honest, right? Kind of. (laughs) My (laughs) mother-in-law. I mean, (laughs) there there are a lot of wounds in here that we won't get into because that's a whole, like, episode season. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I think that I think that the cold spaghetti would be the appropriate level of violence back <laughs> for all the emotional trauma that I've had to endure. You know what? That is, um, I'm going to take you at your word for that. <laughs> okay, the other question I ask every single guest um, is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a, a bathroom emergency situation, but... You can only use three words or small phrases to describe the situation. So, for example, my story uh, is college jogging front lawn. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, it's quite so, a question. So the, so the listener is imagining, is connecting They the get dots. to create the own, their own imagery in their heads. Okay. So I, I have one. It's right. It's like right there because it's real. <laughs> Great. So uh, staining due to a, a very heavy period. Okay. <laughs> yep. About to go on stage. <gasps> oh, no. And lights all around me. Oh, God. Yeah. That one hits me in my gut. That one <laughs> <laughs> uh, paints a picture. everyone um okay now we're gonna move on to a section of the podcast called deep and hot where i ask you a deep question that we have prepared for you and then i'm gonna ask you for your hot take on kind of like a subject matter that we have prepared for you so the deep question is what does it mean to be zarna 
um, Dana is a storyteller. Mm. Yeah. yeah. She's an authentic, real Indian woman storyteller. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, with that too, I want to go back and ask you before I get into the hot take about Auntie Z. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, it's just, you know, I've become a, like a, some sort of general community auntie to everybody. Yeah. Look, you know, the people who reach out to me, the young ones, you know, the singles, the young people, the teens, they, I'm not their mom. I'm not their, you know. Yeah. But in Indian culture, mm -hmm. pretty much everybody who is not your mom or your brother or sister is your auntie or uncle. Okay. So it's very common to refer to somebody slightly older than you as an auntie or uncle. I see. And you also have a show concept that you're kind of creating around this. Yes. And how yes. can is it be you're being you're pitching it, you're developing it? So it's actually in in negotiation right now. It's already <gasps> past the stage of pitching. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank okay, you. we're sending good energy, positive energy, manifesting all of the good stuff for it. Thank I think you. the world needs it and wants it right <laughs> There's now. There's a lot of people waiting to be yelled at. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true in a sweet, nurturing way. <laughs> okay, with that, this kind of goes in line. Um, I'm curious about your hot take and you've already sort of talked about this or any like tips that you have or pieces of advice, why wisdom, if you will, on on creating your own path or forging your own path? Because I feel like you've become almost an expert at this. And I know it's unique to every individual, but I'm curious if you have any advice on it. Yeah, I'll tell you what gives me courage because I get scared just like everybody else, right? Forging yeah. your own path by, by definition is scary because it's untested. Mm -hmm. There's no roadmap. I had a moment of re one day before stand up, I was like, what am I doing? I had a moment. And then I realized, I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm going to have to figure it out. Nobody on earth can figure it out for me. Yeah. Even with the best intentions, nobody can step in and say, here, let me hold your hand and show you the best way to do it. And you will for sure get rave reviews and you will succeed. That is just not how life works. Mm -hmm. So once I had this deep realization that it's all on me, I just went for it. And the other thing that has given me a huge amount of relief, and I think all your listeners can take comfort from, mm -hmm. we live in a self-obsessed generation and time. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Very much People so. People are very obsessed with their own images and the beauty plus and the upload mm -hmm. and the download of their own life. There's something extremely liberating about it for for a creator mm. whatever i create is just not big enough on anybody's spectrum to last more than a second yeah you know you could kill somebody and people are going to forget in a minute yeah that's very true so as a creator <laughs> it's it's a way to take the pressure off of you you're yeah. just one speck and the, the upside of it is so big let's say you are good yeah and you're able to make somebody laugh or cry or feel with whatever it is that you're creating, you put something so good out into the world that may positively affect. So the downside is so small. Let's say you mm. fail spectacularly. Yeah. That show that, you know, the the event that you talked about, the three part, you know, the, the bleeding, this, that yeah. actually really happened, right? But who yeah. remembers it? No yeah. one. Yeah. Life went on, everything went on. 
and i think we should all take comfort from the fact that this self obsessed generation is so busy <laughs> finally filtering their own photos that they don't have time to to pick on you wow that's a incredible my mind's a bit blown right now and i'll have to continue to process that throughout the day because i think that's such a wonderful perspective on that because i think people can get so overwhelmed by feeling like they have nothing to contribute to such an oversaturated environment online what could they possibly how they have to make the best possible thing to stand out and that's not necessarily a healthy way to view that not at all and in fact to, to respond to the don't have anything to contribute i mm-hmm. offer to my followers all the time because i get that too i don't know what to do i don't know where to start yeah. if you do nothing mm-hmm. if you create nothing you make nothing the easiest way to add a positive contribution to to our world right now is to just go on other people's pages who you like mm. and give them positive reinforcement oh that's great i tell my followers i'm like sprinkle positivity like confetti what yeah. does it cost you nothing yeah and the more you put it out there trust and believe that the more will come back to you wow well i feel like you need to write some sort of life coaching manual <laughs> as well along with all your other projects going on um zarna this has been so lovely We're uh, towards the end of the podcast, but before we wrap up completely, we like to give our guests a little token of our appreciation, and that is a personalized horoscope from us to you. Um, we okay. are not astrologists by any means. Melissa, put it in the chat if you're able to access that, and if you would like to read it aloud to the class. Yeah. So it's it says it's for Pisces, I think, right? Yes. Okay. So should I just read it out? Yes. Dear Pisces, fish of the stars, you'll feel pressure when Mars and your ruling planet Neptune connect this month to have a real plan for your dream goals by the 11th. But you'll have to choose between the rest of your kids getting into Ivy Ivy schools and six seasons of Auntie Z. Just kidding. You can have it all. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Of course. Now, uh this has been so lovely. Thank you so much for your time. and your wisdom more importantly where can people find you online where they where can they come see you live if they don't know they can find me at zarnagarg.com at zarnagarg on all major platforms instagram tiktok twitter uh facebook you name it and i have a show schedule that's posted on my website okay so at zarnagarg.com/shows you can see all my upcoming shows i have a big show coming up at Caroline's on Broadway on February 4th where I'm headlining I'm running my full hour for two Amazing. shows and I'm going to be at the Kennedy Center on March 18th and 19th opening for uh Persian American comedian Maz Jobrani Amazing yeah so I'm going to be there so we have a lot come going on I'm going to be in Las Vegas in February for a week ah. You're all over the place. I'm all over the place cuz I got to find every location I can to trash my mother-in-law. Because <laughs> <laughs> spread it far and wide. Well, yeah. thank you so much Zarna. This has been such a delight. Uh and go check out everything she's up to. You'll find her somewhere. She's in all the nooks and crannies of the internet and the real world. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. This Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Monts, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>